Hello, and welcome back to My Zillennial Life. As I sit here and record this, it is March 18th, 2021, and this is my 21st episode, and I decided that this week I want to just chat for a little bit about the fact that it's been one year since the COVID-19 pandemic started, and this has been like an anniversary I've sort of been waiting for because I'm the kind of person who... I don't know, I get nostalgic about things, even if they're not good things, and I look back a lot on the past, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're able to document so much of our lives now, so like Snapchat memories shows you, you know, every day what you were doing one year ago today, as long as you took a Snapchat or something that that day and saved it to your memories. So anyways, yeah, this episode is going to be uh, one year of the COVID-19 pandemic and what it taught me. I sort of kind of already did this video on my YouTube channel with my like end of the year recap video I did back in December, but this is going to be just more focused on my experience with the pandemic myself, you know, the whole year as it was. And um, I feel like so many of us are just tired of talking about it, but it has been one year since this nightmare began. And I think there is a lot to be said about how far we've come and how far we have to go still. So yeah, this episode is not going to have a lot to do with, you know, being a zillennial or anything like that. I think it's very interesting though that, you know, we're living in this time that's going to be in history books someday and we will remember it pretty vividly, especially because we have so many different devices to be able to document it with. One thing before we get started, guys, I am using my nicer microphone now, so hopefully it sounds good, but it does pick up on other sounds a little bit easier because it's a better mic and so my family this evening my parents were just talking they're quiet now though so we should be okay um my new room and my new house is like right in the it's like a loft there's a loft outside of the room and then it looks down on the family room so it's actually quite loud like I can hear my dad watching tv and things like that so um I was trying to record like 10 minutes ago and the dogs were barking at each other and it was chaos but I think that they've quieted down now also I have my my headphones um plugged into this microphone and I didn't know you could do this but I can hear myself talk right now which is nice I guess in some ways but also I I don't really like it that much but uh, we're gonna go with it for now so at least I could feel like an official podcaster you know so, um, yeah, I just wanted to take this episode. I think I, I said this in last week's episode, but I really am interested in just doing one solid episode since it's been a whole year um, since the pandemic started. I thought it would be kind of meaningful to sit down and talk about my experience uh, when all this started a year ago. I cannot believe it's been a year, guys, but that's what we all say, you know, as each year passes by quickly. Like my birthday is already next month, and it feels like just yesterday I was celebrating my birthday in quarantine. So it's insane and it only gets quicker as you get older too like each year just continues to just fly by with you know the added years upon your age so it's really depressing honestly um but yeah as long as you're grateful for every day then you should be good to go I um just I don't know I'm a very I'm very much a person who likes to obviously document my life hence the reason why I have a YouTube channel and a podcast and social media But I also think, aside from just documenting it and talking about it, it's important to kind of reflect on, you know, not all the bad things that the pandemic brought into our lives. Like, I I don't want to just talk about the sad stuff that happened last year. I want to talk about how it changed my life and in some good ways. You know, I think that there is a lot that a, um, you know, worldwide pandemic 
can do to a person. It could do a lot of bad things, but I think in some ways it made us all slow down a little bit and reflect on our own lives and learn lots of lessons along the way. And I think that the universe sends those kinds of events to just remind you of what's important. And so, yeah. And it's crazy to think that like a year ago we thought, oh, this will be over in like two weeks and two weeks turned into two months. And before we knew it, it was, oh, the pandemic's probably not going to ever really be over. COVID isn't going away. We're just going to have to learn to live with it. So yeah, and we learn new things every day about it. And it's going to be really interesting to see where we are just a few years from now, um, looking back on this time. So yeah, I thought it'd be cool to make just a year anniversary sort of episode and talk about what it all meant to me and what I've learned and what's happened in my life the past year. The WHO of the World Health Organization officially declared the coronavirus a pandemic on March 11th, 2020, according to Google. But um, yeah, I remember around that time, whenever that happened, I don't think anyone truly knew what was ahead of us. And the last like experience we would have had with any sort of pandemic was with um, uh, Ebola, I believe, and and a few other ones before that, swine flu and things like that. But this was on a whole different level. And um, with the rise of social media too, you know, the spread of information and just misinformation also came with a lot of worrisome opinions. And a lot of people obviously throughout the year thought it was a hoax. But from the very beginning, I had this gut feeling that this was not going to be good. I work um, remotely. I don't know if you guys know that, but I have a remote job and I sit on my computer for eight hours a day. And while I work, I usually will listen to a podcast, a YouTube video, music. Um, but around February of last year, I remember working at a library one day. Uh, Levi was working on homework and I was doing work at a library and, you know, I was on the clock and everything. And I was listening to this YouTube video in the background and it was a documentary, like a mini documentary YouTube video about this you know, virus that was spreading in Wuhan, China. And I was watching these videos of people being pulled out of buildings, like something out of a movie. It looked like the apocalypse. And in my head, I just thought, um, you know, that can't happen here. Like you just, you don't think that it could happen to you or could happen where you live because you just see it on your television screen and it just doesn't feel real or look real. It literally looked like something out of a movie. So, and I remember telling like my parents about it and obviously like we kept up with the news and, and then eventually the news started to report on it more. And there was this fear, this overall fear that it was going to come here and we weren't going to be prepared for it. And I'm not going to talk too much about politics, but obviously our president at the time didn't exactly handle it too well at the very beginning, in my opinion, or just throughout the whole entire year, in my opinion, but that is, um, you know, to each their own. I just think that um, when it all began, no one really knew how serious it was, including me, but I definitely had this feeling, especially once the WHO declared it a pandemic, that we should be taking it more seriously, and my friend group decided we were going to have a little birthday party at a Airbnb, this was like March 14th, okay, so just a few days you know, before the official like lockdown began, which I think was that following week. And it was my friend Stephanie's birthday. So we had an Airbnb downtown in St. Louis. And I was considering not going because I was so concerned about the virus. And I just, you know, I had people telling me you shouldn't go, Katie. And it was the first decision I had to make um, before the pandemic started when in reality, the pandemic had already started. It was just like the, the really that first initial like, you know, like, oh, should I go? 
because I was so unsure. And this was the very beginning. This was before masks were even a thing. You know, it wasn't till weeks later that I had to figure out where to buy a mask from or I had to make masks in, in the beginning. So I did. I ended up went I ended up going that night or that weekend to the Airbnb and it was just uh, me and like six other girls and I just I remember talking to them and my friends just did not believe me. They they didn't believe my concern as much as like, you know, I wanted them to. There was no way to really truly like convince them this was serious because how could I convince anyone of something that I didn't even know much about, you know? It was just all very surreal. This is nothing against my friends, by the way. I'm so thankful I did go that weekend. None of us got sick. The virus wasn't even really in Missouri yet by that point, but um, it was just like the last weekend, the last night that I got to go be with all my friends uh, before, you know, the lockdown began and I didn't see them for months on end. But I remember we went to a brewery. It's like a small little brewery and we got, you know, some dinner and... Um, No one was really out. It really did look like a ghost town because by that point, people had started to like kind of, you know, stock up on the toilet paper. That's when all the toilet paper shortages were happening. That's when Walmart was starting to look really bare. I have video footage of it. And so my friend Casey, she was at, she worked at school at the time and we were all having a good time that night and she gets an email saying her school is closed for the next few weeks. And then that's when it really hit her that this is like serious and I think um and she got upset it was definitely really sad and it just felt scary in the moment for sure and I had already you know felt that the world was about to change but that moment when she realized it and the rest of us you know were trying to kind of comfort her I think that's when we realized oh this is this is happening and then it got even more surreal when we got into our uber and there was plastic up between us and the uber driver and I remember thinking in that moment um that It was just so insane to me. Like, I took a Snapchat. And looking back now, I don't really like that Snapchat that much. It was just me and my friend Carlin kind of, like, crying, laughing, like, scared. Because we had never seen anything like that. And I think that kind of confirmed that whatever was about to happen was very serious. Even though the government wasn't taking it seriously yet. And our president wasn't taking it seriously yet. Um, So, from that weekend on, I did not leave my house and go you know, anywhere with friends. And I didn't see those friends for a while. Um, And that is when, you know, that next week, I think, you know, I think Trump declared like a lockdown. I'm not sure. I I mean, it was like a state, certain states made their rules and everything like that. But there was definitely like a two week official lockdown. The reason it's hard for me to remember is because I don't have an exact timeline. Um, You know, I didn't have to go start working from home. You know, I have worked from home for over a year now and I was already working from home before the pandemic started so I was used to it and my routine really did not change that much aside from the fact that I wasn't leaving my house and seeing a bunch of people anymore or going to dinner and all those uh, things uh, but what really did change in my life actually has nothing to do with the pandemic so during that time um, it would have been around March like 13th my mom was just telling me the other day the one year anniversary of the night that she moved into her parents house my grandpa and grandma around this time Last year, my grandma started getting sick and she was put on hospice care, but it was in-home hospice care. And um, then a nurse came to like check on her like once a week, but mostly it was up to my grandpa and my mom to take care of my grandma. And they gave her like, I don't know, more than a few months left to live. Like they, you know, their timeline was pretty long, but we didn't really know for sure when she would pass away. So throughout this 
crazy quarantine, you know, something that we've never experienced before, my mom actually had to be with my grandparents that whole time. She stayed with them until my grandma passed away and then even after that into June because my grandma passed away on May 20th. So my mom was with my grandparents and I didn't see much of her for almost three months. She was with them from March, middle of March through I think like early June. Sometimes I think about the fact that if there wasn't a pandemic at the time, then my mom would have had to go away for a few months and I probably would have gotten to go be over there more and visit with my grandma during those last few months of her life. And I I did get to see her a little bit, but not in the way that I would have liked to. You know, I didn't get to hug her or anything like that. We couldn't even hug my grandpa and I couldn't hug my mom. I'm sure you guys can relate to that, you know, not being able to hug your parents. A lot of people still haven't even seen their parents in a whole year. So I can't even imagine being in that position. But yeah, my mom was with my grandma and my and my grandpa. I call him Poppy. But she was with them for a few months. And throughout that time, it was just me and my sister and my dad at home with the two dogs and the two cats. And um, it was it was a lot. Some days were good. Some days were like, okay, get me out of this house, you know. But all in all, I'm thankful that we stayed safe and healthy and um, my mom was just around the corner. My grandparents, you know, they don't live super far away at all. So it's not like she had to move hours away. She was there and if she needed to stop by home, she could. Um, but yeah, I I just think that time was a blessing in disguise for a few reasons. Um, there were the sad parts, obviously, not being able to really spend all those last months with my grandma. But I'm thankful because I got to spend more time with my dad and my sister and be home with them and I wouldn't have probably gotten to do that if there wasn't a pandemic. I imagine I would have been probably over at Levi's a lot or um, I don't know, who knows. But on that note, um, that is the one place I did go to if I needed to escape. I kept Levi in my bubble. We, you know, we didn't hang out with anyone else. It was just me and Levi and his roommates and I would go over there like on the weekends um, and it was the only thing that I really did outside of my house and so yeah I wanted to touch on a memory that I think a lot of us could talk about like start a conversation about and that is like do you remember what your first mask was because mine was a bandana my mom went and bought bandanas from Walmart and I watched this tutorial that was like going viral on TikTok at the time on how to make a mask out of a bandana and it did not work well at all for me. It's so funny looking back on that now because I have a whole collection of awesome masks and um, I don't know. I just think like someday I'll show my kids the masks and be like, oh, this was this was my favorite mask, you know, like so the one mask I had after the bandanas was one my mom made and I remember putting coffee filters in it. Guys, I, I used coffee filters and like she made the mask out of like a t-shirt and it actually fit my face so well and I really liked that one but I lost it then the next mask I bought was from Arch Apparel here in St. Louis and they no offense to Arch Apparel but they this first set of masks they made were were not good they were just thin thin t-shirt material with literally like imagine a square piece of t-shirt and you cut holes in the sides of it to create straps for your ears because that's what these were needless to say I did not use those very long I gave them to my family members and they didn't use them very long either because before we knew it all these like startups had begun and they were selling all kinds of cute masks online and then eventually the stores started selling and you know like the blue surgical masks started becoming more available um 
and so yeah that's my little mask spiel but yeah I think the masks were a very defining moment and like the way I describe my experiences throughout the pandemic and I I think a lot of people can relate to this is there were certain eras to it there was the beginning you know the toilet paper outage and all the craziness behind the toilet paper hoarding that was going on and then for me it was the whipped coffee era that I remember so vividly and that's when I really started to get into TikTok like I I think I credit quarantine to starting my TikTok obsession for sure and I think that's the case for a lot of people but I remember the whipped coffee tutorial that was going around on there and I made whipped coffee almost every single day it was a great time to be alive and um I just yeah I can't believe it's been a year since that era and along came Tiger King I believe Tiger King was released in March so it would have been around this time but no one really discovered it I feel like until April so that's when like everyone was really talking about it and I watched Tiger King um all the way through I think in like one day and uh yeah I I definitely get the hype of that that was um a very defining moment of all of our quarantines at least for me I think like I just I recognize that as like one of the very beginning stages of our quarantines was watching that show and talking about it online and all the memes that came from it those really kept us entertained um, when everything just started I guess I don't know I guess it was like a month into the pandemic I'm trying to think of other eras Um, I think when summer came there was this sense of like a little bit more hope because we could go outside and patio seating started to open up so at least we could go and have food you know in a public area although um I do I do want to say guys I think it differs state by state so your experience may be completely different than mine because there are some places that the restaurants are not open still or they're very limited capacity you know places like California and obviously New York and and Michigan too I know that their restrictions were pretty tight but I live in a Republican-run Midwest state called Missouri and our governor is he kind of sucks in my opinion Um, but not getting political here Katie and so because of that a lot of our restrictions in certain areas at least here are not super tight so there were certain things that we could do if we wanted to do but thankfully I was in a friend group you know Levi has autoimmune disease so we didn't do anything that was unsafe but if we wanted to we could and there were people who did so casinos you know were open in the summer and um there's St. Charles which is where Levi lives and that has way less restrictions than where I live which is St. Louis County and St. Louis County has been pretty tight with their restrictions throughout the whole quarantine so that's good um but for anyone who wants to go and party you know, they would go across the river to St. Charles or St. Peter's and it was just known as the area that had like way less rules. And um, so it's kind of scary being over where Levi lived, knowing that so many people there did not take the pandemic seriously. But yeah, like I was saying, um, the summer felt a little bit better. Now my grandma did pass away in May on May 20th and so that kind of got things started off on a rough foot a little bit and I feel like um, if you guys lost anyone last year and you didn't get to have a funeral for them this is where like the whole grieving and coping things come comes into play because I still feel like it was all a dream because I never truly we never had closure we never had a real like memorial service or anything like celebration of life or anything for my grandma when she passed away And the same goes for my friend Ellen, who died in a car accident 
almost a year ago. She died in April and she lived in Maine. So I don't think I would have actually gotten to go to her funeral anyways. But there was just like this sense of like if you lost someone and you didn't have, I mean, you couldn't. A lot of places wouldn't let you. Most places it wasn't safe or allowed to have a funeral. But even if we wanted to have a funeral from a grandma, she did not want one. So it actually kind of worked out in our favor. But at some point when it's safe, we're planning on doing a little bit of a memorial get together thing so we can have some sense of closure. But in my opinion, that was one of the most heartbreaking uh, concepts of this, you know, horrible past year. And it's the fact that people were losing their lives, but we couldn't even have funerals for the people that were dying of this virus. And it was just terrifying. And of course, all the people who died of other things, like my grandma passed away um, of COPD and complications from from that and her arthritis. And so that wasn't COVID related, but we still couldn't have a funeral for her because of the pandemic. So it really affected a lot of grieving processes and things of that nature. And I think that's going to be something that's ongoing because when you don't get to have like, you know, a time to really collect with people who knew that person who passed away and you don't have time to reflect on who that person was, you almost... You can't close the chapter until you do that, I feel like. So, I don't know. It's hard to explain. There were people in my life who lost loved ones and they did get to have funerals for those people. My friend Michael, his grandpa died of COVID and they got to do a little funeral. So, um, as long as it was done safely, I think that's perfectly fine and I know it was. And um, I just think it's so heartbreaking, guys, thinking about like people who lost you know, people that were super close to them and they they can't even say goodbye to that person really or they never really had a chance to lay the person to rest or have a funeral for them, which is like such a defining part of our culture when it comes to death. So yeah, okay, on that sad note, let's move on to something a little bit more positive now. I've wrote down a few things that I have thought, you know, were maybe lessons I learned and happy parts of last year. Believe it or not, there were some happy parts. The first thing that the pandemic taught me was that I actually really enjoy my own company and um, it's taken me a long time to learn that I am kind of an introvert in some ways and I I just remember telling my friends I, I love them but I could go months without seeing them and be okay. There were some people who were just absolutely you know, dying to see their friends and hang out with them. And I was, I was all right. I could go days without talking to my friends. I could go weeks without seeing my friends and I'm okay. And it's just like how I work. And I think it's because I have my whole routine going, but yeah, I, I definitely learned that I like to be alone and I, I can be my own best friend. Let me reiterate. I, I love my friends, but I just, I really realized how much I like to value my alone time. So another thing that I learned, um, it's just not necessarily like a super positive thing. It's more of just a lesson, but uh, it taught me to expect the unexpected, which is something I remind myself of today. You know, nowadays when the vaccine is here, basically it's on the horizon. I'll probably be able to get the vaccine next month, hopefully. Um, it's it's happening. There's like this light at the end of the tunnel, but every time I think about that and I look towards the future. I do remind myself to not get too excited and eager about things getting better overnight because you just never know what could happen. That mostly relates back to a year ago when we all thought that this would be over in just, you know, two weeks, a few months, and we just thought it was nothing, you know? No one knew. And that taught me to realize that no one really knows what is going to happen, so just 
take things day by day, be thankful for every day, and live in the now. And don't set your expectations too high when you're in a global um, crisis like we're in now. Um, So the next one is uh, never take anything for granted, kind of along the same lines. Just be thankful for everything you have, especially your family members. I have friends who've lost loved ones to this virus, and it's horrible to think about. And there's always this like ongoing anxiety within me that someone I know, you know, my parents, my grandpa, they're going to get sick and they're going to get COVID. And one thing my mom always taught me was that you can't really fear death. You definitely need to be careful. Obviously, in this case, with a virus, you can protect yourself and others. And if you uh, wear a mask and wash your hands, you're doing a good job. But just not be so focused on the end, on dying, on someone you love dying, because that will take away from the life that you're living right now. So yeah, it's kind of like a hard pill to swallow, but um, the whole like, if it's your time to go, it's your time to go thing. I don't necessarily believe in that fully because it's such a dark thing to think of, but it really is true. And um, there are people who've used that excuse though to be careless when it comes to COVID. So I don't necessarily agree with that aspect of it, but just to like kind of accept that um, you can't always be so fearful of losing someone uh, because it's inevitable and you just don't know when. And that's what anxiety is all about. But yeah, I, I, I guess it just taught me to just make sure that I am taking uh, every day as a blessing, you know, being thankful for it. And, but in the long run, like protecting the people I love, obviously, and not being careless about the pandemic. And I, I'm, I've never been so excited to get a needle in my arm, guys. I just really want my parents to get vaccinated soon. And then obviously myself as well. Um, but yeah, uh, the other thing I mentioned earlier, I got to bond a little bit more with my dad and my family as a whole came together and, you know, we got to spend some more time together last year than ever before when my grandma did pass away, my cousins came in town and we all had like a social distance sort of, you know, thing at my grandpa's pool and it was lovely. It was sad, but it was lovely. So in some ways, you know, I didn't get to see a lot of people that I know last year, but in other ways I got to see and be around my family a lot since I do live at home with my parents. So, um, the highlights of, you know, the quarantine for me in my personal life. Well, I started this podcast, obviously, which is awesome. And I've been just loving it. Even if no one listens to it, I could sit down once a week and talk about whatever I want to talk about. And, um, it just, I don't know, it's a good healing process for me. And I started this podcast in August, so obviously we're a little bit already into the pandemic by then, but this podcast probably would not have happened if it were not for the pandemic. And I really would like you guys to make a drinking game and take a shot every time I say pandemic in this uh, episode. And maybe even just try to count all the times you've heard that word in the last 365 days because it's been a lot. And because I started my podcast, I got to meet some new friends and make new friends. Uh, Through my friend Stephanie and her fiance Dave, I met the Webster brothers, Stephen and Matt, and they have a podcast, a new one called Sucktastic. So this is like a side note, guys, little announcement here. I was on their podcast earlier this week. We recorded on Monday, and we talked about the movie Mr. Nanny with Hulk Hogan. So guys, tune in to their podcast. It is live today. Wherever you listen to um, podcasts, it should be live. It's Sucktastic Podcast. 
and um, we talk about Mr. Nanny, which is just a good old classic 90s film that I grew up uh, watching, and it was a really fun episode to record. So shout out to the Webster Brothers, shout out to Stephen and, and Matt. It was a fun time. And yeah, so with that said, then the other thing I want to talk about is my TikTok. Whether you love it or you hate it, TikTok became like the number one app last year. And it was something that took me a few years to really like understand or maybe like a year or two because I remember my old boss used to just always say get on TikTok you need to be on TikTok we need to be on TikTok as a company and I just didn't want to be on it because I still attributed it to Musical.ly which was such a Gen Z app um and yeah but once I realized what the hype was with TikTok and I got on it and the you know quarantine started the lockdown began and I had nothing to do outside of work I started making more videos on there and in the summer so it was in June it was after my grandma passed away because that was the whole theme of this specific TikTok I made kind of I was at my grandpa's house and my grandpa builds doll houses or he used to he's built several so he has this one that he built for my grandma and it's beautiful it's like a mansion and I just made a little TikTok tour of it because it was so detailed and it's just gorgeous. He put so much work into it. And that TikTok ended up going viral, which if you know anything about TikTok, the algorithm is insane. It's very it's very forgiving. It's very easy to go viral on there for anyone, really. And uh, it happens randomly. You just never know. And so it got like over a million views and I gained in the course of just a few months 30,000 followers on there, which isn't a huge deal to me, but it was just exciting after the sadness that we had experienced the month before my grandpa was you know dealing with losing his wife and we were dealing with losing our grandma but the whole theme of the tiktok that did well was the fact that my grandma had just passed away and my grandpa built this dollhouse for her when she was alive and there were just thousands and thousands of lovely comments from people who just loved this dollhouse people asking to buy it which was kind of funny and i got to share that with my grandpa and show him how special it was and how cool everyone thought that the dollhouse he made was and that was definitely the highlight of my summer and possibly the highlight of my entire year Um, I made a few follow-up videos to it and showed another dollhouse he made and that video did well too so I basically everyone follow me on there must love dollhouses my audience is a lot of little children which is fine but yeah it was just a really cool experience and definitely one of my favorite things that has happened so far and um I also wanted to mention I did a lot of shopping online I'm sure other people you know experienced this too but there was nothing really to look forward to when the quarantine was happening and I still kind of feel this way because you know concerts aren't a thing still and movie theaters aren't open yet so I have to give myself stuff to look forward to and give myself small little hits of dopamine and the best way to do that in my opinion is to shop online everyone had their own way of coping with the things that happened last year and for me it was online shopping but to even be able to say that that's what I used to cope with is like privileged you know because I didn't lose my job and I had a steady flow of money and there's people who literally were kicked out of their apartment so I'm not going to touch too much on the whole shopping thing I just I wanted to see if anyone else could like relate to the whole basically just like every day waiting on a package to show up whether it was from Amazon or Etsy like small businesses and I I think it's cool too because I got to be on the other side of it and I work for an online boutique so our sales I believe did 
pretty well last year because of the pandemic um, and because everyone was stuck at home buying clothes online and I'm still doing that now. Nothing's changed. It's just that um, it really, I think, upped the whole online shopping market, especially just for places like Amazon, which is kind of unfortunate, but I won't get into that. Um, yeah, but just a reminder to support your local and small businesses because those are the ones that we need to concentrate now on, especially going forward, the local uh, restaurants and things like that that are truly, you know, have truly been hit hard from COVID. It was actually heartbreaking to see all the restaurants that I love that don't exist anymore. And I didn't even realize it. it's it's like you don't know it until you look it up online. You're like, oh, I used to love that place. And you look it up and you're like, let's go get some food there. And then you realize it's permanently closed. And you have to assume it's because of, you know, the good old corona. So I just, my heart goes out to anyone who has a small business and has struggled in the last year to keep it afloat. And um, hopefully things get better from here on out. But who knows? I think the only way things can really get better is if we all do come together and start to support each other. And I just feel like, you know, I do see a light at the end of the tunnel, but I still feel like as a country, we are so divided right now. And the pandemic did not help us. We were divided before that, but it really divided us. And it's, it's, it's scary to think about. So I try not to think about it much. But all I can pray and hope for is that we can learn to come together in the next few years and just recover from this and I'll call it this I'll call it traumatizing it's been a traumatizing year to wake up each day and know that the death toll is continuing to rise that 500,000 people have lost their lives and then I have a friend who lost her mother and I think about that every day just to um, empathize with someone who is my age who lost their mom who is close to my mom's age to COVID and then there's people out there who are calling it a hoax and there's people out there who are comparing it to the flu but I won't get on that tangent because once you get me started I won't stop and anger has no place here anger just takes over and causes anxiety and stress and so instead what I will have is an overall disappointment in those people who continue to believe that it's all one big conspiracy theory and uh, so with that I, I feel like there's a few other things I wanted to touch on I was going to go over like the purchases that I regret making. I guess I'll I'll talk a little bit about that. It could be fun. I think this would be a better video to do though, maybe. But there were some purchases I made during quarantine that I regret and some that I don't regret. So I'll go over those real quickly. This is going to be a longer episode than I thought. The first purchase that I regret was my Nintendo Lite. And if anyone wants to buy it from me, let me know. Because I bought this Nintendo Lite like turquoise colored um, handheld gaming device about a year ago. And I got it just to play Animal Crossing even though I've never played Animal Crossing. I got it because everyone else was playing, and I just, I thought, oh, I should do that too. And I actually did not like Animal Crossing that much, unfortunately. So I have not picked up my Nintendo Lite in months, and uh, I dropped like $300 on that thing. So definitely disappointed about that one. Another quarantine purchase I made is something that I don't regret fully, but it was this workout machine. It's in our basement right now. I just don't use it. I wish I did. I could start using it again, but now we have this like, basement where all my workout stuff is and it's unfinished nothing wrong with an unfinished basement it's just kind of spooky down there and a little bit cold and so I don't go down there to work out as often as I'd like to but this workout machine is a lot like the db method if you've seen that it's like a squat machine and it it's it works well I just kind of regret purchasing it because I do not use it as often as I would like to along with another thing which is a 
um, basically like a little peddler bike for your feet that you sit at your desk and use. And I actually did use this consistently for a few months at the beginning of quarantine. But after a while, it got to be just, I don't have any room for it, especially the new house. So that is in storage now. I don't necessarily regret any of the clothes I bought during quarantine. I just regret where I bought some of them from because I gave in to a lot of the sheen ads and um, I bought some, you know, cheap clothes from China, not supporting small companies at all when I did that. So I definitely regret those purchases. And it's always like very bad quality stuff. So what I like to do instead is spend my paychecks on where I personally work, which is the Pulse Boutique, and 90% of our stuff is made in the USA, and we're, you know, when you shop our boutique, you're supporting a small family-owned company based in Iowa, and I love it. It's all a women-owned company, so I also bought purses from a small company called Parker & Clay. They're based in California, and I have, like, five of their purses, so I'm glad I did put my money into that company because they have a really cool mission, and... The purses are amazing quality, and if you know me, you know I love purses. I guess we'll move on to the things I don't regret purchasing, because I, I can't remember all the things that I do regret. That's how bad it was. That's how bad this online shopping addiction was. I definitely don't regret purchasing all the Parker and Clay bags I bought, except for one. One of them I don't wear very often, and that's kind of disappointing, but yeah, um, so those bags, definitely good. I don't regret purchasing um this laptop stand that my laptop sits on this is kind of a boring one but it has been a godsend for working from home also fun fact guys I have this iMac that usually sits on my desk but a few days ago I went ahead and just took it downstairs because I don't use my iMac for work it's this big computer and I literally haven't used it in months like I haven't used it since I moved into this new house because well first of all I lost the um, keyboard and mouse in the move which sucks but I just have everything going on my MacBook. I don't need my iMac right now. Maybe I'll go back to using it eventually. But I have this laptop stand from Amazon. It's great. Love it. It's awesome. And it like raises my laptop up a little bit so I can work easily and not get like, I don't know, my wrist doesn't hurt as bad. One quarantine purchase that I don't regret is when my hairstylist was finally able to um, allow me to come in and get my hair done by her. And the reason I don't regret that is because she actually moved to a salon lofts and that's like where they have their own little loft area so you're not in an area with a bunch of other hairdressers and so we wore masks obviously and that was the first time I got to like you know get my hair done after not having it done for months and that might seem like a really silly thing to you know put your money towards but my hair every time I get it done is over a hundred dollars and it's so worth it and the best part about it was my hairstylist obviously hadn't been working throughout quarantine she had gone a month or two maybe more I don't really know with no income as far as I know and so being able to pay her for this service and just get a nice fresh haircut and balayage was awesome and it was like the first pampering session I had after months in quarantine another purchase I definitely don't regret making was one that I made whenever my two-week-long quarantine with Levi began and so I have a whole episode about my experience with COVID I did not personally have it I never tested positive for it I do kind of consider myself someone who probably had it. I was exposed to it. But Levi tested positive back on Halloween 2020. And um, around that time, I had ordered this Fujifilm Instax, you know, instant camera. And I got it, like, on Halloween day and took photos, you know, that whole, you know, few weeks that we were stuck together. And as, you know, kind of scary and sucky that time was, it really... It was nice to be able to document it in a way that was just like 
more substantial than just taking photos on my phone or whatever and yeah I love the camera it hangs on my wall now and I just use it whenever I want to go take photos and I've always loved like Polaroids and Insta cameras I've always thought they're super cool so that was another purchase I made there's probably quite a few more things that I bought that I don't regret buying Um, but all in all what I am most thankful for is the fact that I had this remote job throughout quarantine and before it even all started so my life was already very well adjusted to the work from home experience before the lockdown began and everyone started having to work from home and I think a lot of people it took a lot of adjusting for them and you either came out of it like loving working from home or you're just so ready to be back in the office and yeah so for me I I'm very very thankful that I have continued to be able to have this awesome job working from home and um, I was able to stay safer that way because I didn't have to go out and be around people like my boyfriend who is an essential worker and um, several other people I know. Levi's not an essential worker but I think I said that because technically he goes to work now and he is around people Uh, but when it all started he was able to work from home thankfully but yeah if you actually were an essential worker last year you know working at a grocery store or you're a first responder and you still had to work during the pandemic you are a strong mother effort I'm just gonna put it out there because I could never imagine having to go to work each day when so many people are able to just be at home with their families staying safe so yeah if you're an essential worker thank you for your service you know whether you're in the medical field first responders um, or you work at a grocery store anything all of the above just know that um, we are all very thankful for the things you've done and you are very important to to me for sure but I um, I don't have too much more to talk about, guys. Like, I feel like I've been babbling on for a long time. That's usually how these episodes go. And I this wasn't structured. I, I get that. I'm not a very structured podcaster. I'm just getting the hang of this still. But I really just wanted to sit down and reflect on the past year, one year in the pandemic. Sorry, I just hit my phone on the table. One year in the pandemic. I cannot believe it. And... Um, as life moves forward and we continue to tread on, I do believe that things are going to get better with time. It's going to take time, but the great thing is that the vaccine is here and it's being distributed and there's a light at the end of the tunnel and I'm ready for summer, guys. I'm so excited for the warmer weather to be here. I feel like winter and the pandemic do not mix well together, so I'm very excited for the sunny days ahead laying out at the pool and it's gonna be good so with that said if you guys have any lessons or you know memories that you would like to share and you know chat about or whatever you can always hit me up on my instagram it's my zillennial pod and um, let me know what you thought about this episode let me know if you never want me to talk about covid again and i will i will try to do that but it pretty much comes up in my conversations every day because i mean Nowadays, what else is there to talk about? We're in a global pandemic. And that's the last time I'm going to say the P word, I promise. I hope you guys all enjoyed listening to this week's episode of My Zillennial Life. Make sure you rate it on whatever podcast app you listen to it on. Give me some stars or or don't. You don't have to. But just let me know what you think of it. And I'm enjoying doing this every week, guys. So whether you hate me or love me, just know I'm probably going to continue to talk to a microphone in my room by myself on a weekly basis. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of My Zillennial Life. I will talk to you next week. Bye!